You are here with me, Bonnie Likes Bigler, on The Writer's Voice, and this is your home away from home, WIOX 91.3 FM Community Radio. And we've all packed our bags with our virtual passports, and we're in the midst of a wondrous, explorative getaway through southern Spain. Now, our headlights are pointed toward the city of Malaga. And, surprise, what other place might Malaga resemble? Miami, Florida, actually. Malaga is a high-energy port city on southern Spain's Costa del Sol, known for its high-rise hotels and resorts that spring boastfully up from its yellow sand beaches. But looming over the sizzling skyline are the city's two massive hilltop citadels, the Alcazaba and the ruined Gibraltar, remnants of Moorish rule, along with a soaring Renaissance cathedral nicknamed La Manquita, one-armed woman, because one tower was curiously never constructed. We then walked 10 minutes to the Museo Picasso to see the permanent installation of Pablo Picasso's most celebrated work. As we settle into the gallery, we take in the incredible lines and shapes, some of Picasso's female muses and mostly framed impressively in raw woods and distressed metals. One particular painting catches our eye. The museum guide explains one painting titled Mother and Son that offers the viewer deep religious connotations. Picasso repeatedly combines the themes of religion and poverty, This painting displays his message with a prostitute image developed to a more hollowed portrayal of the mother figure. The almost monochromatic use of blue in this period and its traditional association with the Madonna are superbly combined to produce a set of haunting, almost ghostly images. Notably, many of the blue period women are bowed as if carrying a heavy emotional burden. On a final wall of our tour, there was one quote posted that for me seemed to sum up Picasso's reason to create his art the way he did. I quickly managed to record the following words, framed before we were swept out the door by a crowd of onlookers. A quote from Picasso. You have to wake people up to revolutionize their way of identifying things. You've got to create images they won't accept make them foam at the mouth, force them to understand that they're living in a pretty queer world, a world that's not reassuring, a world that's not what they think it is. Next on our map, a trip to southern Spain would never be complete without a sumptuous visit to the famous city of Granada. And this will of course include a tour of the incredible Alhambra. By the way, you are listening to The Writer's Voice. I'm Bonnie Likes Bigler, and this is WIOX 91.3 FM Community Radio. If you're just joining us, we are on a virtual tour of Granada, Spain where we hope to nourish your mind and spirit with some of what this amazing country has to offer. We now find ourselves inside the walls of a most remarkable palace and fortress. The Alhambra, one of the most famous landmarks in the world. Moorish poets described it as a pearl set in emeralds 
an allusion to the color of its lime-washed Christian and Muslim architecture, the whitewash a deterrent to the blazing summer sun, and the emerald green plants and flowers around them. The sprawling palace complex was designed with a mountainous site in mind, and many forms of technology were considered. The park, Alameda de la Alhambra, which is overgrown with wildflowers and grass in the spring, was planted by the Moors with roses, oranges, and myrtles. Its most characteristic feature, however, is the dense wood of English elms brought by the Duke of Wellington in 1812. The park has a multitude of nightingales and is usually filled with the sound of whispering water gurgling from several fountains and cascades. These are supplied through a conduit five miles long, which is connected with the Daro at the monastery of Jesus de Valle above Granada. The city of Granada once enticed the writer Washington Irving. And here is our guide, Antonio Bonilla, describing the author's love affair with the Alhambra and his resulting inspired work. In the year 1829, arrived to, to Granada the American author from New York, Washington Irving. He was a Christian ambassador in Spain. He was commissioned to write a biography about Columbus. He was living in the Alhambra for three months, in the summertime of the year 1829. Uh, he fell in love with Alhambra. The very humble inhabitants, Vegas and Gypsies, used to tell to Irving legends, legends of ghosts, hidden treasures, spells, and even wrote a wonderful book, The Tales of the Alhambra, Los Cuentos de la Alhambra, that became a bestseller. Thanks to this book, the Alhambra survived because it was restored and restored. Oh, that's gracious. The Alhambra is an extraordinary historical marker of Spain's nobility. It overlooks the city below as a stunning beacon, expressing all Spain has experienced and achieved since the 13th century. Now we descend the long tree-studded Camino out of the complex to head into the low streets of Granada. Soon we find ourselves waiting in a steady line to tour the Cathedral of the Incarnation of the Holy Ghost and the Virgin Mary. There are really no words to fully describe the incredible statuary and religious ornamentation throughout this cathedral, but to put it as simply as possible, just when you think you've seen the most remarkably grandiose representation of the Virgin Mary's seven sorrows inside one alcove, really just one of the many, many chapels in the interior of the cathedral, you might walk briefly down another corridor and there is yet another gilded display that trumps that previous concept and then some, shining with even more ornately designed carvings carefully depicting religious disciplines with precious metals abounding, reaching and soaring high above you, leading to an expanding canopy with Italian-inspired sprawling frescoes across the multi-dome ceiling. And each of the four cathedrals we saw throughout southern Spain were beyond astonishing in their composition and religious intentions, and quite frankly, obviously meant to humble the viewer with unabridged grandiosity. This is one of the most feminine cathedrals in Spain, with the Virgin Mary as the main focus. Here again is Antonio Bonilla, describing how her biblical message is illuminated within a small chapel alcove in the center of this gigantic basilica. Okay. This cathedral is called the Cathedral of the Incarnation of the Holy Ghost in the Virgin Mary. It's a very long name. <laughs> 
because every cathedral in Spain has a topic, a subject. In this case, the incarnation of the Holy Ghost in the Virgin Mary considered the most transcendental moment in the history of humankind for the Catholics, when God, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. incarnates in the Virgin Mary through the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So, in the center, mm -hmm. you can see the central painting is the Archangel Saint Gabriel. She's announcing to the Virgin Mary she will be the Mother of God, of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So the light coming inside the Virgin is the Holy Ghost. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That is the main topic of this cathedral. That is a painting, this is the main idea, no? Theme, yes. This uh, yes. painting is one of the seven paintings that you can find here. Uh -huh. This is a cycle of the life of the Virgin Mary produced by the important master Alonso Cano, considered Spanish Michelangelo, he was so polyphasetic. There you see the incarnation, but you can see also the visitation to her cousin Elisabetta. On the other side, the purification of the Virgin Mary in the Temple of Jerusalem. And here you can see, for example, the nativity of the Virgin, the, the mm -hmm. birth of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. You can see also, for example, this tabernacle in silver, 1,000 kilos of silver. It was produced in the year 1929 by the sculptor José Navas Parejo. It substitutes the original one that was stolen by the French soldiers of Napoleon Bonaparte when they retired from Granada. Mm -hmm. The beautiful lamps in Baroque style are the work of Alonso Cano. The same painter produced these lamps. He was a master, considered a masterpiece again. You can see also the two pulpits in Baroque style. Yes. And you can see the sheet. The, sorry, the seat of the Archbishop of the city of Granada. Yes. He, oh. normally the Archbishop sits down here eh, yes. to celebrate the Catholic Mass. You can see also the Catholic monarchs. Ferdinand of Aragon is there. He's kneeling down. Mm -hmm. eh, on the other side, Queen Isabella. Eh. Over Ferdinand, you can see the first man, Adam. Over Isabella, the first woman. Eve, mm -hmm. eh? You can see also a balcony mm -hmm. with the doctors of the Holy Church, eh? mm -hmm. uh, Saint Jerome, Saint Augustine, and so on. It's interesting to know, maybe, that behind these paintings there are empty niches. There is nothing behind. Why? This was destined to be the burial place of all the kings of Spain. That was so important in the 16th century. It was the most popular city of Spain at the time, mm -hmm. that was considered to be maybe the capital of Spain. And uh, Charles V decided to bury here in the cathedral mm -hmm. all the Christian kings. Yes. But finally, Philip II changed his mind, his son changed his mind, and he took the corpses to El Escorial Monastery. Nowadays, all the kings of Spain are in El Escorial Monastery. Where? In uh, Madrid? Near Madrid. Yes. The only exception are the Catholic monarchs that are here in Granada. And now, as promised, for the grand finale of our trip through southern Spain, we come full circle back to the capital city of Madrid. But this time, we won't be touring the churches or museums. Now, it's time for flamenco. No existe, boy. We're eating plates of tapas joined with a hearty glass of vino tinto, not prepared to be astounded for one of the most stunning performances imaginable. And what makes this dance in music form so stunning? 
because the performers we saw at the dinner theater Corel de la Mereria embodied a balance of skill, artistry, self-expression, and a true authenticity of undistilled passion that could only come from Spain and her unique history. The flamenco dance and music of today are the dazzling result of centuries of flawlessly combined elements from diverse cultures that have lived and thrived through Moorish and Jewish populations over time, often an expression of the outcast citizen. Observing only the footwork of both male and female dancers is enough to inspire an audience to feel a swell of emotions, let alone the visceral, almost painful singing carried by the undeniable finesse and punctuation of Spanish guitar.
Amém.